0: listening to a sermon from Sojourn Church in Fairfax, Virginia. We hope that this is an encouragement to you no matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey. If you're not already, we would encourage you to connect to your local church. If you'd like to find out more about Sojourn in particular, please visit our website at sojournfairfax.com. May God bless you now as you listen to the preaching of his word. Hey, good morning. Welcome, Sojourn. It is good to gather with you. Today is Easter Sunday, so Happy Easter to you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. I'm just looking forward to diving into God's Word with you this morning. Obviously, normally we would be gathering together this Easter Sunday, celebrating together in person, having baptisms, sharing stories of grace in people's life with one another. But this Easter, in God's providence, uh, we are not able to do that. We are scattered within our homes. But I hope This morning has already been encouraging to you as you've been able to worship with some of our worship leaders leading us in song and now as we dive into god's word this morning and i know that as we're in our homes we're doing this for the sake of loving our neighbors and it is hard for us to be apart and that's okay to say that it's hard but even though it's hard right now and there's lots of challenge going on in our world we are not without hope and we're going to see that in The sermon this morning, in God's word this morning. Before we dive into that, let's just spend some time in prayer, asking God to bless our time in His words. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you this morning and we are grateful for this day, this day to celebrate Easter, the fact that Jesus has risen from the grave and He is ruling and reigning over all things. And so, God, even as we find ourselves right now sitting in our homes, worshiping you with roommates or family members or maybe some friends. God, I pray that you would help us to continue to rejoice in the fact that we serve and worship a risen King, a risen Savior. May you open up the eyes of our minds and hearts to to see what you'd have to say to us this morning. And, And God, we need a word from you. We need hope today as we find ourselves in this place of difficulty and challenge, both personally and corporately and and in our state, our country, and in the world right now. So God, we pray that you would work in this time. Holy Spirit, fill us, make us attentive to what you want to communicate to us today. May you be honored, may you be glorified as we open up your word now, your living and active word. We thank you for Jesus and we pray all this in his name. Amen. You know, over the last few years, I've gotten a little bit more into reading fiction books. Uh, one of my friends recommended that I do that a few years ago, and so, so I've been able to do that. I usually read it at night before I go to bed and have been able to read some pretty stellar stories along the way. But, you know, I'm not one of those people, maybe you are, I'm not one of those people who, who likes to go to the end of the book and then read the last few pages or last few chapters to decide if I actually want to read the book to me that just seems kind of wrong i mean part of the enjoyment for me in reading a book of fiction reading a story is not knowing what's going to happen that's part of the adventure part of the journey is walking through that story waiting for it to unfold before me now while that's what normally what i do and really what i think most people should do there is one instance in one story that I think it actually serves us greatly and is really important, necessary even, to actually know the end of the story. And it's something we need to look at even this morning that we see in our own life, something we need to hear right now, knowing the end of this one story so we can be encouraged to have hope, hope that we all desperately need as we find ourselves in this trying and troubling time as a country and as a world right now. Now, we're in a sermon series called Seeing Jesus. And it's a sermon series where we've been walking through the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is the fourth book in the New Testament. And the Apostle John is writing this story. And it's a story about the life of Jesus, his life and his ministry. And so we've been walking through this sermon series and we're calling it Seeing Jesus. Because what we want to do as we walk through the Gospel of John is we want to see Jesus rightly and truly for who he is. We want to set aside caricatures that we might have had of Jesus or set aside uh, any kind of preconceived notions that we have about who Christ really is. And so for those of you that are already following Jesus, that already have placed your faith in him, the goal for this series, the opportunity that's laid before us, is that we can look at Jesus with kind of childlike, fresh faith. For those of you that don't yet know Christ, there's an opportunity for you as well that you'd set aside any ideas that maybe you've had about Jesus, who you have thought Jesus was, and actually see him for who he truly and really is and hear from him. For all of us, there's an opportunity to see Jesus rightly so that we might follow him fully. Now, As we come to our text today, we see that Jesus, Jesus focuses on the end of the story. He focuses on the end of the story. And for all of us, what he wants us to see is that in him and through him, we can experience real life now and forever. Jesus spoke these words some 2000 years ago, but they are just as important today as they were then. Because here's the deal for all of us right now, as we find ourselves this Easter in 2020, is that we really need to hear a word from Jesus. We need to hear a word from Jesus I mean, this has been a hard year so far. We're only about three and a half months into 2020, the start of this new decade. It's been a hard last few weeks. It's been a hard week in particular in our country. Right now, you and I find ourselves surrounded by difficulty, surrounded by death. But no matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey, no matter how much you're struggling right now with all that's going on, maybe personally for you, or just what's going on in our world right now, what is true today and will be true tomorrow is that life, real life, lasting life, eternal life is found in Jesus. And that gives us hope. So with that, let's dive into John chapter five and may we see Jesus more clearly today. I'm going to read our text for us, just so we have a kind of an idea of what is being said here. So I'm going to be reading John chapter five, verses 24 through 29. This is Jesus speaking to you this morning. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. For an hour is coming when all who hear in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, if you regularly connect with Sojourn, hopefully you had an opportunity to listen to the sermon from last Sunday, but but maybe you didn't. Maybe you have been invited by a friend this morning to participate in this Easter celebration for their church. Maybe you found us online or you're just trying to check out who Jesus is, or maybe for some of you, you just didn't get a chance to listen to the sermon last week, and that's totally fine. But what we have to see here, what Jesus says here in these few verses is directly connected to what he had said in the previous text. And what Jesus does right before this, he does some amazing things and he says some amazing things. If we go to the beginning of John chapter five, we see that Jesus encounters a man, a man who's been an invalid for 38 years, 38 years. I'm I'm about to turn 39. So that's the entirety of my life. This man has not been able to walk. And Jesus encounters this man. And we looked at this a few weeks ago. He encounters this man and he brings healing to this man. This man who's not been able to move or walk for 38 years now is able to do so. But the religious leaders of Jesus's day are upset. They're upset that Jesus has done this work because Jesus did it on the Sabbath, which is meant to be a day of rest from work. Now, it's crazy to me that these religious leaders see a miracle happen right before their very eyes. And what they're most concerned about is thinking that Jesus broke the law. And this is how Jesus responds to them. Verse 17 of chapter five, he says, but Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. Now this enrages the, the religious leaders even more because now they don't just see that Jesus did work on the Sabbath, they're angry because of what Jesus is communicating and he, how he responds to them in verse 17. And now they don't just want Jesus kind of quieted, they want him killed. Because look at what they say in verse 18. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. See, Jesus goes on then to make some pretty outrageous claims. They're outrageous claims, but they're true claims. These definitive declarations. And Jesus is declaring this to the religious leaders. He's declaring this to you and to me, that he is not just some good teacher. He's not just some miracle worker. He's not even just a God. No, Jesus is definitively declaring that he is co-equal with the Father. He is God himself. Jesus is the giver of life. Jesus is the judge of all humanity. He is no fake or fraud. He is the creator, king of, over all of creation who sustains all things. And because of this, what we see at the end of this section here, right before we get to the verses that we're going to look at today, is that Jesus deserves all worship and he deserves all honor from all of us because of who he is. In fact, Jesus tells us that if we want to truly worship the one true God, We must and have to worship Jesus. Then he ends these bold statements about his divinity. He ends it with an invitation. An invitation, which is where we begin today, this Easter Sunday. Look at verse 24 again. Jesus says, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life.'" In other words, what Jesus is saying here is that if you believe he is who he says he is, that he is the eternal son of God who's existed for all eternity, who was a part of forming all of creation and sustains it and holds it all together. If you believe he is who he says he is and you believe that what he came to do is actually true and real, that God the Father sent him to come and rescue humanity from its sin and rebellion by going to a cross and dying a death is a substitute in your place, in my place to bear the wrath of God on his back for your sin and my sin. If you believe those things, truly placed your faith in Jesus, you will not come into rightful judgment for your rebellion and sin. No, you will be raised to new life. See, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the consequence of our sin, our rebellion is death. Physical death and spiritual death, separation from God. We are are spiritually dead, which means we don't have the ability or the desire to know God and be in relationship with him. We're unable to reconcile and remedy our greatest problem. The consequences of that is this death. But what Jesus is saying here is that when you believe in him, who he is and what he came to do, you'll experience life. You cross from death to life. What Jesus is saying here is that you have chosen to run after other things besides God. You have chosen to rebel against God, but I have come to rescue you. He's making an invitation, an invitation not only to rescue, but to resurrection, to salvation, to new life in Christ with God. But how does this happen? How does someone come to a place of actually placing their faith in Jesus? Well, Jesus tells us, It happens by hearing the voice of Jesus, hearing the voice of Jesus calling you to himself. Look at verse 25. In verse 25, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. See, Jesus is both, he's he's illustrating The reality of being spiritually dead and his power to bring about new life. See, just like someone who's physically dead, someone who's spiritually dead is unable to create life within themselves and to maintain life within themselves. Life always must be given both physically and spiritually. My, My son Luke was just born last Sunday. He didn't decide to be born that day. And so life was given to him. And that's true for us physically and spiritually but the good news is our God desires to give life. He, he desires to redeem. Our God desires to save people from their sin. So Jesus has come and he's come on a rescue mission to do just that. See, Jesus calls people to himself in such a way, in such a way that they see him for who he truly is. And in seeing him, they believe. And in believing, have life now and forever. And we've seen this happen throughout the Gospel of John. If we're we're only, uh, you know, five chapters into the Gospel of John, but we've seen this happen over and over again when Jesus calls the first disciples to himself, men that were maybe looking for a rescuer, maybe looking for a redeemer, but see Jesus and respond in faith to him. We see it in the Samaritan woman who wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus was looking for her. He sought her out. And the Samaritans in her village We saw it in the official who was looking for Jesus, for what Jesus could give to him, but wasn't really looking for Jesus. We see it in the invalid that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, who was healed physically and spiritually. In all of these stories, and what we'll continue to see throughout the Gospel of John, is what Paul tells us about in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Paul writes this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, if you've believed in Christ, then he is a new creation. He or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That was true then, and it's true today. If and when you hear the voice of Jesus, if and when you hear the voice of Jesus through his word, through through his voice speaking to you in the depth of your soul and you place all of your hope in Jesus, all of your faith in Him, who He is and what He's done, the old is gone and the new has come. Your rebellion, your rebellion no longer remembered. Your sin no longer held against you. You are set free. You're set free to be who God created you to be, a worshiper of Him and a reflector of His glory forever alive forever in the presence of our holy god now for many of us, we've seen this happen in our own life and i encourage you to take time even today this easter sunday to reflect on this work that god has done in your life if you truly know christ that at one point in time you didn't but you heard the voice of jesus and he called you to himself and brought life to you we've seen it in the lives of our brothers and sisters around us Men and women that we know that last week, last month, last year, last decade came to trust in Christ. We knew them before and we knew them after. And we see this resurrecting work that Jesus does in people's lives. He is who he says he is. So we can now worship him. It's amazing, amazing grace. But this is another bold claim that Jesus makes. There's another bold claim for him to make that he's saying when people hear his voice, his voice, Not not the voice of self-help, not the voice of self-actualization, not the voice of some other savior or religious figure. When you hear the voice of Jesus in Jesus alone, it beckons you. It beckons you out of darkness into light. It beckons you out of the grave, out of death into life, lasting life, real life, eternal life in Jesus. Now, How can Jesus make a claim like this? what he tells us in verse 26 and 27. He says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. See, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they would have fully affirmed the fact that God has no beginning and no end, that he is eternally self-existent. And that's a concept that's really difficult for us to wrap our minds around. I was just trying to explain this to uh, my two older boys uh, about a week ago. What does it mean that God's outside of time and space? And so it's it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around. It kind of hurts our brains because we have these small, finite brains. But here, what Jesus is saying is, yes, it isn't just the Father that's eternally self-existent, that has life in himself. I do too. I'm also eternally self-existent and have no beginning and no end. And it's for this reason that the Father gives the Son the ability to execute judgment for all of humanity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, the Apostle Paul says that all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. Why? Because Jesus is the King of the Kingdom. Jesus is the Lord of all creation. He's the creator and sustainer of all things. He's the giver of life and the executioner of holy judgment. What this means for you and for me is that King Jesus must must both be feared and revered by all of humanity. But listen, here's the paradox of his greatness and grace. The paradox of his greatness and grace is that this self-existent eternal king would bring life to you by dying in your place bring life to you by dying in your place the one who has life in himself would lay down his very life for people who are dead because of sin to give life to you and to me in romans chapter 5 verse 17 the apostle paul writes this for if because of one man's trespass or sin he's referring to adam That when Adam sinned, when he rebelled against God, it plunged all of humanity into sin. That we don't desire to know God or worship him. We want to be our own God. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That's amazing that we can have life in and through Christ. Why? Because death was not the end of the story for Jesus. No, he died in our place for our sin, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again, bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave. Jesus rose again. He, he came he can promise this in, the, in this text right now, looking forward to that resurrection because he knew what he came to do and he knew what was going to happen. Yes, he was going to die an excruciatingly painful death on the cross as the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. But Jesus knew that wasn't the end of his story either, that he would rise again. And Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. That's what we celebrate every single Easter. But listen, placing your faith in Jesus placing your faith in Jesus and who he is and what he's done, his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his glorious resurrection, it's not the end of the story for you either. Look at these next two verses. Verse 28 and 29. Do not marvel at this, Jesus says, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out and those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. See, Jesus has just talked about spiritual resurrection. What happens when you hear his voice and you place your faith in him that you cross from death to life? A resurrection, a spiritual resurrection that is rooted in his physical resurrection. But here, in these last two verses, he's talking about a, another resurrection that everyone will experience. Whether you've placed your faith in Jesus or not, it's a future physical resurrection that will come when Jesus comes again, and he will come again. This resurrection has two outcomes the resurrection of life or the resurrection of judgment. Those who are raised to life, experience life in the new heavens and the new earth, and they're said to do so because they've done good. Now, this sounds like, or it could sound like he's saying you need to earn your way into this resurrection of life. You need to do good things, but we can look at the whole of scripture and see that in order to be saved, you're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. In fact, throughout the gospel of John, we see John calling us and telling us that in order to be redeemed, in order to be saved and forgiven of your sin, it isn't by good works, it's by believing in Jesus. What Jesus is saying here is that the life you live becomes proof for the faith that you profess. The life you live right now becomes proof for the faith you profess. Because if you actually know Jesus, then your life will look different. That points out a temptation that all of us can have a temptation that can lead to a a false hope, a false hope held by those who claim the name of Jesus, who claim the benefits of Jesus, but don't claim Jesus, who don't follow him in obedience and worship. Now this isn't a call or expectation of perfection. None of us in this life at this time beside Jesus are able to be perfect in obedience and perfect in worship. Now this is a life that's submitted to the kingship of Jesus. A life that is one of uh, of continuing to walk with him in faith and repentance for when you fail and when you falter, and you will, as I do as well. But we know that Jesus' grace is sufficient for us. And so he's saying this life of this good life is proof that you actually profess this real faith that has led you to cross from death to life. But that's not true for everyone. Some won't trust in Jesus, they'll continue doing evil. Not necessarily the worst you could possibly be as a human being, but we have to understand something and acknowledge something that the most evil thing that any of us can do is reject God, is to go our own way and say, God, I don't need you. I don't want you. I want to be the Lord of my own life. This is a sobering reality for all of us, but I want you to hear me this morning. It's not, it's a, it's a reality that's not without hope. It's a reality that's not without hope because Jesus hasn't yet come again and final judgment hasn't yet begun. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Peter writes this, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God desires you to repent and believe, to place your faith in Christ. And then listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 21 through 22. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Friends, listen to me this morning. There is hope for all of us because Jesus is the resurrected and the resurrecting King. He's the one that can bring life to you now and forever if you place your faith and trust and hope in Him. It's a hope that He gives us right now, that you can have right now for what is to come if you are in Christ. And it's a hope you can have right now, knowing the end, if you haven't yet trusted in Christ, because there's time now to repent. Time now to believe. It's a hope. It's a hope that we all desperately need right now. Things are are really bad in our world right now. Our our culture is reeling under a a seeming kind of cloud of, of darkness. Again, death all around us. And it's affecting all of us in different ways. We've seen anxiety increase, loneliness increase around us, fear increase. Many of us are sad and that sadness is real and it's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve the difficulties of what's going on around us. And it's likely to get worse. One research study has estimated that today, April the 12th, 2020, this Easter Sunday will be the peak day of coronavirus related deaths. It's all around us. Maybe some of you are feeling like the disciples did on that Saturday between when Jesus was crucified and that Sunday when he rose again, unsure, uncertain of what was to come, just feeling like things are not going well. So the reality is death is real. Death is real and it's impartial and it afflicts every single one of us. It's real, but it isn't normal. It's not the way that things are supposed to be and death is not the end of the story because in the death of Jesus is the death of death because Jesus overcomes death for you and he overcomes death for me. So do you know him? Do you know him? Have you really and truly trusted in him, repenting of your rebellion And if you already call yourself a follower of Christ, are you finding your hope in him now, today, in the midst of everything that's going on around you? Because you know the end of the story. You know that Jesus is risen. Listen, when when this future resurrection comes, when this future resurrection comes, for those who have trusted in Jesus, who are in Christ, it is going to be glorious Listen to how John talks about it in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. He says, beloved, we are God's children now. Don't miss that. You are God's child now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, when Jesus appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Brothers and sisters, one day Jesus will come again. He will come again. And when he comes again, he will usher in the new heavens and the new earth. Resurrection will happen. And in that moment, in that time, there'll be no more sadness, no more loneliness, no more job loss, no more physical loss of anything, no more sickness, no more coronavirus, no more death. Oh, what a glorious day that'll be. When Jesus comes again, you'll see him face to face. You'll be ushered into the very presence of our holy and almighty God. What an amazing reality that will be for all of us. And this promised future resurrection of life is possible because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus rose again from the grave. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And because he is, it gives me sustaining hope. Sustaining hope right now in the midst of a messy world. Sustaining hope right now in the midst of a difficult and hard world, a a sometimes hurtful world that we find ourselves in. Sustaining hope in this future grace. That this is not it. See, this is a truth that we we can't only celebrate at Easter. We, We shouldn't only celebrate at Easter. We must not only celebrate at Easter. It's a truth that we need to come back to over and over and over again. Remembering that right now, as I speak, as you listen, that Jesus is alive. He's alive and he's ruling and reigning and he will one day come again and make all things new. All things new. But right now, we wait. We wait. And as we wait, life is hard and it's okay to say that it is. Life is hard as we wait. We wait, but not without hope. Because as people who follow a resurrected and resurrecting King, we know how the story ends. Death does not get the last word. It's not all there is right now. We find ourselves in what scripture calls a light and momentary affliction. And right now it doesn't seem light and it's hard to know how long it's going to last. But in light of eternity and in light of the resurrecting life that Christ brings to you because he has been raised, it will seem light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory that you will experience and I will experience as we come into the presence of holy God. So if you are in Christ, you can have hope now. You can have hope now because you know what is to come, that on that last day, you will be raised to new life because Christ is raised. He is ruling and reigning in goodness and grace. And if you're in Christ, you can have hope now because he's already done a resurrecting work in your life. Reflect on his grace that he's already given to you, calling you to himself, leading you to life in him. And if you're not in Christ, you can have hope now if you place your faith in Jesus today, this Easter Sunday. Listen, all other pseudo-saviors, all other promised paths to hope, all of them end in the grave. All of them. Only in and through the risen King Jesus is life, real life offered to you. So friends, whether you're full of faith this morning, whether you're faint-hearted in your belief today, or you're just flat out unsure of who Jesus is, Know this, know this today and every day. Jesus and Jesus alone is the resurrecting king. Real life, eternal life, lasting life is found in him, in him alone. So follow him today. And as you follow him, have hope in the present that you will be with him forever. Amen. You know, as a church, we take communion together every Sunday. It's a normal rhythm in the life of our church because we, in taking communion, eating the bread and drinking the cup, it visibly demonstrates the reality of what Christ has done for you and what he's done for me, the finished work of Jesus. And today would be a great day to do that. But communion is a family meal and we aren't together physically as a family. And so we're gonna wait on one another to do that. We're gonna wait in hope for the day that we will be back together again, physically with one another as a family followers of Jesus to partake of that meal together and it will be great. So this Easter Sunday, as we find ourselves as the church scattered, and it's okay that that's where we are because Jesus is still king, this is still his church. This Easter Sunday, as you find yourself scattered around, instead of taking communion, I want to encourage you to reflect on what your hope is in today. What is your hope in today? Is it in the resurrecting king or some false savior or false source of hope. Repent where you need to repent. Rejoice in all that Jesus has done, is doing, and will do, and rest in the reality, rest in the truth that he will come again and make everything sad untrue. And then if you're listening right now on Sunday morning, we're going to jump on a Zoom call at 1130 to, to worship with some live music together to sing with one another, to share stories of grace of what God's doing in our life, to spend some time in prayer. So jump on that at 1130 this morning. The link is online. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this Sunday that in the calendar year, that we have a time set aside every year to celebrate the fact that Jesus not only died on the cross for our sin, but rose again from the grave. So God, we thank you for the resurrection of our King and our Savior and our Lord, a resurrection that gives us hope now and in the future. And God, I pray that for us, as we find ourselves in this strange place of being scattered around and, and in isolation right now, God, I pray that we would know that we're not isolated from you and we're not isolated from one another, maybe physically so, but not spiritually, not relationally. And God, I pray that you'd help us not to just to reflect on the future resurrection that we will have one day, only today, God, I pray that you'd help us to remember it tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that, that we don't serve a dead Savior, but a risen Savior who rules and reigns and will come again. So God, may that be our hope. May you help us to share that with those around us. And God, I pray that you would call people to yourself who don't yet know Christ, that they too might cross from death to life now and be with you forever. We rejoice in the fact that Jesus is risen. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Love you all. Grace and peace to you. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon from Sojourn Fairfax. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at info at sojournfairfax.com. Go in peace.